Welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast, hosted by Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job as the head of physiotherapy and rehab at the Leeds Rhinos, just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously been with the Leeds Rhinos for 10 seasons, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes within professional rugby, international football and professional dance, alongside running his own successful private practice. Andy built the new grad physio to help new grad physios, sports therapists and sport rehabilitators just like you accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive new grad physio. As a new grad, there are specific challenges you will face during those first few years and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey. Enjoy the show! I had a patient just this week in clinic who had involved in a quite a nasty car accident. Alongside some low back and shoulder symptoms, he actually had quite a significant neck injury along with a heavy concussion. This type of injury would have left my head in a bit of a spin as a new grad, particularly so because he had some red flags, he had some you know, neural based you know injuries, and which was pretty clear when we worked through his subjective assessment and even for you know an experienced therapist or experienced therapist might you know take a step back and might might worry about how to manage this type of injury but through a really simple structured assessment we were firstly able to rule out any serious pathology quite quickly and we were also able to make a big change to his symptoms both during the session in clinic and over the next few days and this was all by doing some really simple things. It was by sticking to a really simple assessment structure and implementing some really basic treatment and rehab exercises. The same types of treatments and rehab exercises that you could do with a similar patient if they walked in your clinic door tomorrow, even with complex patients like this case study I'm going to talk about. This podcast episode is going to walk you through and show you how to tackle neck pain patients, how to rule out sinister injury so you can be confident your patient is in the right place and is safe for you to crack on with your treatment and rehab and you're not going to be in fear that you're going to make their injury worse. So the first thing I want to talk about is something I actually got told when I was at, at university and it was that if it sounds a little bit strange, it's probably a nerve. So I remember one of my lecturers mentioned this in, in a session that we, we covered uh, and she sort of went on along the lines of if if a patient's symptoms or how they were describing what was going on or their clinical sort of pattern seemed a little bit off, a little bit odd if you like, it was probably a nerve. And whilst you know looking back now, this is probably a little bit too general. I think there is some sort of truth in in what she was what she was saying, and I probably understand the point now a bit more about what she was trying to to get across. And the point being that with nerves and nerve based injuries, they they don't often present in the same ordered fashion. 
that a muscle, tendon or ligament injury will do. We know that nerve injuries, their recovery from, from an injury is often non-linear, doesn't really follow a, a sort of straight pattern, um, which is very different to a muscle, tendon or a ligament. We know that nerve injuries generally can be a bit slower than, again, those different structures. They can Their recovery can be a bit more uh, up and down, so you can get, obviously, flare-ups and, and regressions of symptoms, probably a little bit more so than you would, say, a, a muscle. And this is mainly because we know that nerves are really irritable structures, so it doesn't really take much of them to get, you know, much for them to get pretty angry. We can irritate them quite quickly, and that is often why nerve injuries can be you know, arguably a little bit more tricky to deal with than a, than a ligament, muscle or a tendon injury. And that is in part why, I guess, nerve injuries sometimes, um, for a lot of the new grads that I work with and speak to, sometimes they're the injuries that they don't like dealing with for, for this very reason because they can, you know, one, they can be a signal for more sinister injury, but secondly, sometimes the the path to, to get on top of these nerve injuries and problems can sometimes be a little bit more difficult than if you're comparing that to a tendon, you know, muscle or ligament injury. So, the, I guess the point with this is in regards to your assessments. If you assess a patient and they give you any indication that they might have some neural-based symptoms, maybe like numbness, maybe weakness, loss of sensation, or you know, or, or strength then you must, must, must test for these issues. So the first rule of thumb uh, with any therapy is do no harm. So we need to make sure that whatever we're going to do in our session, our treatment, our rehab is safe to do so. And the only way we're able to do that is to rule out any serious sinister pathology before we move on to our treatments and rehab. Which takes us to the sort of second point I wanted to talk about in, in, in this podcast which is about all about knowing your red flag test so if you don't know what your red flag tests are or you don't know how to do these red flag tests well then it is a possibility that you might let something serious you know a serious injury a sinister pathology sort of slip through the net so the first line red flag objective test will include your dermatome testing so your sensation testing It'll include your myotome testing, which is your muscle testing, and also your reflex testing. So if we were looking at the, the neck and upper limb, you might also need to know tests for vertebral artery dysfunction. So Sperling's test would be an example of a vertebral artery dysfunction test, and also your upper limb tension test. So if your patient had a peripheral nerve problem, so maybe symptoms down their arm, might use suggest you suspected maybe like an ulnar nerve, medial nerve, radial nerve, etc. Problem. You can use your upper limb tension testing and the, the different variations of the upper limb tension tests to to identify to find out what's going on with your patients. So, if you feel like what I've just mentioned, the tests have just sort of flown over your head. You know, you're not really sure what these tests are, or you feel like maybe you've heard of these tests done them before but you're maybe not that confident conducting these tests then these are something that you need to get on top of and you need to sort of practice so it doesn't matter if you're practicing on a on a, one of your friends um, a colleague that you work with 
um, even if they don't have symptoms, it's great and it's it's really well needed to to practice these tests so you can improve one you know your knowledge base and knowing what tests are appropriate for you know what type of of spinal conditions like a neck or a low back. It's also really important and, and a great tool for you to practice your patient handling and your competency in doing these tests. So when the time comes and your patient you know needs you to do these tests in clinic, then you are ready, you are competent and you are confident in actually carrying out these tests with your patient. Hope you are enjoying today's episode so far. Just wanted to take a break and make sure you haven't missed out on Andy's latest free resource, five steps to fast track your new grad physio career. It will show you five simple steps you need to accelerate your learning and career as a new grad physio. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. It's Andy's most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free just by visiting newgradphysio.com. So make sure you check it out. Now, let's get back to the podcast. The final sort of thing I want to talk about with this podcast is about activities of daily living and why we should restore these first before we do anything else. So this may sound really obvious, but going back to the patient I saw in clinic, the biggest problem that he was having because of his symptoms was how it was affecting his sleep. So his neck and his arm symptoms particularly were waking him up and he was sleeping, you know, his, his sleep the, the few nights prior to coming to his first appointment was, was absolutely sort of shocking. The fact that he his preference to sleep was on his left side and he had left shoulder and neck symptoms wasn't helping, but was clearly something that we needed to try and get on top of. You know, think about we you spend so much of your day asleep, you know, around about a third of your day, and for him, it was it was a massive, massive problem. He wasn't sleeping hardly at all because of his injury, and that was obviously clearly affecting the remaining part of his day, feeling so tired and lethargic, and, and how he was going about his day as well, and also affecting his his recovery. We know that sleep's really important to help recovery from injury, and if one of our patients, uh, an athlete we're working with, is not sleeping well, then that is going to halt and slow down that recovery and rehab process. So what we did as part of his, I guess, primary management and what we did in that sort of first session was spend some time actually looking at different sleep positions. We used um, some pillows to slightly support his head to try and find a position that he would be able to get into, which was as comfortable as possible. And within probably a minute or so, we were able to do that quite quite easily and we found a position which for him meant that his head was a little bit higher than it would be ordinarily to his, his I guess, his normal sleeping position. He's, but this position and the, the pillows being a little bit higher allowed us to put his head and his neck in a neutral position. And for him, that was offloading. It was reducing some of the, the stress and strain on his neck, which was ultimately causing his symptoms. So whilst I appreciate when we sleep, there's a tendency for us to move around. However, if we can get our patients, our athletes more comfortable in certain positions, that is arguably going to help them to get to sleep 
and potentially stay asleep a little bit longer. So for this was really effective. So based on you know this particular case, he actually messaged me a few days later to say he'd actually slept through the last two nights without actually waking up. So the night before his appointment, he had said he'd slept for probably about three hours in total. So, you know, a really poor night's sleep and had and, and woken up around sort of five times during the, the evening. So it's obviously clear this was a massive, massive change. And again, we sleep for such a big period. You know, if you think about that seven, eight hours maybe you might spend or your patient might spend it in bed, that's a third of their day. It's going to take, you know, a lot of sets and reps of, of exercises of a patient's home exercise program to equate to seven to eight hours of, of rehab if you like so really the the, the point here is to to focus on the the primary problems that a patient had keep things simple identify that big patient problem for this case was sleep fix these problems first that are affecting a patient's activities of daily living and then once you've done that then you can look at working on restoring range of movement and strength and movement quality and all the other factors that you will no doubt want to help your patient with to get them back to full fitness. So to round up the podcast, the key things to sort of take away, if it sounds a little bit strange, if it sounds a little bit different, then it might possibly be a nerve. Second thing is knowing your red flag test. So it's important that you know what tests um, you should be using with spinal problems like necks, like backs, and you are competent and also confident in how to handle your patient to actually do these tests so when you need to use these tests for real with a patient that you you've got the skills to be able to do that and finally is the the point is about restoring activities of daily living before you do anything else so focus on the the big problems patients are having things like you know their ability to to do things that they need to do day to day before you, I guess, focusing and honing on, on other things. For example, that might be sleep. It might be the ability to, to move a joint in a certain position to be able to, 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 to feed themselves, for example. So these things are really important and some things that sometimes we, we forget sometimes in rehab, but they are obviously really important to how a patient's going to function day-to-day and these, for that very reason, are the things that we need to focus on and fix up first. If red flags and ruling out sinister injury is something you feel like you need help with then please 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 you know let me know i can walk you through the exact tests i use with this case study i talked about in this podcast or the common tests that i use with you know neck and lower back patients with when i see them in sort of clinic to, to make sure that you yourself are doing the right sort of test with the patients that you're seeing there's nothing worse than worrying that you've maybe missed something serious with uh, with a patient. And if you do miss something serious, you can quite easily make your patient's symptoms much, much worse and also very quickly. So again, if red flags, if ruling out sinister injuries is something you feel like you need to be able to work with, then please get in touch with me at andy at neurophysio.com. Put red, red flags as a subject in the email so I see it straight away and I will get back to you as soon as possible and send some over some advice and support to help you out. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining me on this week's Neurophysio podcast. 
Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned, and I will speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to Andy Barker's new Grad Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love his website, newgradphysio.com, which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist, or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice, and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new Grad Physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new Grad Physio. Get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The new Grad Physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned. And here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.